can only imagine. Sometimes we maybe think that way about growing up. <laughs> what will it be like when I grow up? What do you think of when you hear that, growing up? Well, maybe you think of that human development process that we go through. You know, here we are as a, as a child and then a teenager and a college person, a young adult, and, and you're in the career field now. It's not just a matter of growing up physically, but, boy, all the, all the things we go through, you know, emotionally and intellectually growing up and socially, there's a lot of things involved with growing up. And if you can remember that process, you might say, you know, growing up isn't always so easy because of the challenges and the learning that we have to do. Oh, we might use words like this to help us, you know. Well, you have to have determination and, and resolve and, and, and goals and a desire and, and a purpose for yourself. And all of that's good. But yet, still, when you go through that process, it isn't so easy. It maybe needs some perseverance. Like that tree, look at that tree, growing up in the middle of a block wall. You would think it would never survive, it would ne never make it. But that tree kept growing and pushed those blocks out of the way. Perseverance, that's what we want to talk about today in our series of messages based on a passage from 2 Peter. We are encouraged to look at the important Christian characteristics we should have in our life because Christian character counts. Peter said, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance. Now, the past few weeks, we've been looking at each of those characteristics and using as an example of them a tree that is growing. We started with the soil to illustrate the, the condition of our heart and faith. And then we talked about a seed being planted that seed of godliness, goodness, which is Christ in us. And from that seed, that tree begins to grow. We, we looked at the roots like being the knowledge. As we grow in our knowledge and grace of God, that's what feeds our, our faith and our Christian character. Last week we talked about self-control, like the trunk of a tree that's so strong and steady. That's self-control. But today we want to talk about perseverance. And as our model tree here keeps growing, now the branches begin to spread out. So I was thinking of perseverance. How, how do you make that something practical? How do you try to illustrate that? So we've talked about all these things so far, but what about perseverance? What does it look like in real life? And I was drawn to the story of a, a Christian woman by the name of Susanna Wesley. You can see when she lived... This was in England. You might recognize her last name because she was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, who are credited as being the, the founders of the Christian denomination now called Methodism. But it's said of, of Susanna that she was a person who saw God in all the details of life and then served him through all of those details. Now, she happened to be the 25th child of her parents. In fact, her dad was asked once, uh, how many kids do you have? And he says, I'm not sure, a couple dozen, I think. 
But maybe it was growing up in a large family like that that moved her to give birth to 19 children in 20 years' time. Wow, talk about perseverance and endurance. Sadly, however, about half of them died before the age of two. Talk about perseverance and endurance through the death of your children. But she saw motherhood as a calling from God, and so she was very devoted to what she would do, knowing that it was her responsibility to teach her children about their Savior. Now, no doubt she got that from her own parents because her father was a pastor, and she also married a pastor. But that involved a lot of work on her part, too, because back in those days, a lot of the education was done in the home. So not only did she have to run the home and be mother, she also had to be the teacher. So for 20 years, she was the teacher of her children throughout the day, sometimes even meeting individually with each child to work on their particular skills. But life then, and with all those kids, had some hardships also that she had to endure. There was a short period of time when she was abandoned by her husband because they had different political views as to who should be the rightful king of England. She also experienced two of her homes being burned down to the ground. You could imagine with a large family like that and on a pastor's salary, the financial hardships were something she had to endure. And then opposition from her neighbors in town as well. And then she had the heartbreak of one of her own children wandering from the faith. She endured. It, says, it was said that the secret of her endurance was her faith, a faith that could see God at work in everything with his overriding governance for the good. It was a hope that carried her through even very difficult circumstances and a love that would overcome evil with good. She had a favorite prayer she would like to use. Help me, O Lord, to make the true use of all disappointments and calamities in this life in such wise that they may unite my heart more closely with thee. Cause them to separate my affections from worldly things and inspire my soul with more vigor in the pursuit of true happiness. Help me, Lord, to remember that religion is not to be confined to the church or the closet nor exercised only in prayer and meditation, but that everywhere I am in your presence. To me, her life and her words illustrate beautifully what Peter is talking about and urging us to have in our life, perseverance. It's about standing strong, standing strong in your faith and growing up strong in that faith. And that's what we want to talk about today. Like this tree that's growing up with perseverance, despite that difficulty of growing through a brick wall, God also will give us the strength to persevere, to grow and to stand strong in our faith, despite what we experience. James gives us an excellent description of that kind of life and perseverance as he talks about growing up Strong. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who's writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Perseverance, growing up strong. Now, a week ago, we had vacation Bible school here, and somehow I got assigned to teaching four, five, and six-year-olds all morning long. So having that experience for a whole week, you can understand what my mindset was like now this past few days in writing this sermon. So I was thinking, well, we're using the illustration of a tree, and the tree starts with the letter T. So we're going to use the letter T today to talk about those many different trials that God says we'll go through and how he says he's going to use them to bring us to be mature and complete. Now the word perseverance that's used in the scripture is sometimes matched up with the word patience, but they are two different words. You know, patience simply means waiting, waiting it through. We might say, you know, you just got to get through it. But perseverance is different. Perseverance is not just getting through it. Perseverance, the word originally meant standing up strong under heavy pressure, under a heavy weight. And it speaks of continuing to grow and and to stand up and remain strong like a tree is going to keep growing and, and, and blooming and stretching out and producing fruit. That's the kind of perseverance we're talking about. So let's first look what it means that with perseverance we stand strong as we're dealing with the many different circumstances in life. Remembering that James also said, consider it pure joy when you go through these trials. And the reason he would say that is because God is at work to make you complete and mature. So I want to define for you three different circumstances that we go through and then show you how God uses them to make us complete and mature. And we'll use the letter T for tree to help us remember them. The first experience I'll simply label as troubles. Now by that, I'm referring to the different hardships, the different challenges that we all face in life. Someone might say, well, that's what life is like. So there could be sicknesses. There could be difficulties in dealing with people. There might be challenges with work or school. You might have to find a new place to live. Your car might break down. You might have some financial troubles. We all go through those things. Those are troubles. It's a natural part of life. In Job, the book of Job, it says this. Hardships, hardship does not spring from the soil, nor does trouble sprout from the ground. Yet man is born to trouble as surely as sparks fly upward. In other words, he's telling us trouble is a part of life. Now why is that? Because trouble is something that we brought into this world with our sin. God designed a perfect world without trouble. 
but our disobedience to him brought trouble into this life. Now, why is that? It wasn't that God was punishing us. No, he had a different purpose for that. You see, our disobedience was our going away from God. So he wants to bring us back to him. And he often uses trouble to do that. The prophet Jeremiah said this, When they are in trouble, then they say to God, Come and save us. And so God uses troubles as a way to turn us back to God. Now, you see what happens sometimes when we have troubles? What do we turn to? Oh, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go to the doctor. And I've got a great doctor and a great health plan, so things will be okay. Or, boy, really tight on money. Or we got this thing that happened now. I need more money. don't think I can afford it. But you know what? I'll ask my boss, get some overtime, or I'll draw from my savings, and, and we'll be okay. Now, it is true that the Lord provides those things for us. But do you hear what I said? The Lord provides those things for us. So oftentimes, we're looking right at the resources, but forget about the one who gave us those resources. And so God uses troubles as simply a way for us to turn back to him. A second circumstance we experience in life, I'm going to use the word trials here. Now by this I don't just mean those natural troubles that we all experience, but things that become trying of our faith. They get us to maybe question or doubt or wonder what's going on. They can kind of rattle our faith. In fact, there might be some things that we experience because of our faith. Maybe there's some uh, physical persecution that we would experience some social rejection or being removed from the situation or whatever it may be. That's what James was talking about when he was writing his letter. He said, I'm writing to the 12 tribes, which was a metaphor for the, the people of God, who are scattered among the nations. He was referring to the early Christians who were being persecuted, who were being chased out of the Holy Land, and now were being scattered all over the world. Everybody suffers. But James is telling us there's a purpose behind it. You see, on the outside, people may look and they may see a believer, and they see an, a non-believer, and they may see both of us suffering the very same thing, and they say, well, I don't see any difference there. But God has a purpose for the suffering, the trial that we go through. Now, for the unbeliever, there may be a purpose behind it. And that might be, coming, might be coming from Satan. Satan may be trying to give him that message that, you see what you're suffering in life? So how could there be some loving God that lets you suffer that? But that's not God's purpose. God's purpose is instead to make us complete and mature, it says. And one day, a blind man was brought to Jesus, and his disciples wondered, why is he blind? What happened? Who did this? What did he do? It says his disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither did this man sin nor his parents. Rather, this blindness came so that the works of God might be manifested in him. In other words, he was saying, God is going to do something with this to transform him. That's God's purpose for the trials we go through. The scriptures tell us God is a loving father. 
And we know that parents often have to discipline their children when they become wayward. Not as a form of punishment and anger, but as a way to correct them, to put them back on the right path. And so God has to discipline us. But God may also use those trials to transform us in some way to make us stronger in our reliance on him and also to be shaped as a tool that he will use in some way. As Paul says, so that the comfort we've experienced from him is now the comfort we will use to comfort others. And likewise, it could be that this is a way God is going to use us as a witness It's an opportunity to testify to him working in our life. That calls for perseverance, then. To see what God is doing. That we are standing and growing strong in faith, recognizing God is working this in my life to transform me, to use me for his purposes. Mature and complete. And the third situation that we all face is temptations where the devil is trying to get us to get off course, to disobey God. That calls for endurance and perseverance also. The Apostle Paul described that. After he had just talked about how the children of Israel, God's people, had wandered from him and were disobeying him and suffered all sorts of things, he said this, These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. For no temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, so that you can uh, persevere through it. So you see, what God is doing then in this time of temptation is to test our faithfulness to him. To see, will we grow in our love and faithfulness and obedience? Will we recognize what his will is for us and walk in that? So that becomes then a way that we testify and witness to others and bring glory to him. Perseverance. Grow and stand strong in your faith, in troubles in trials, in temptations. For God is turning you to him. God is transforming you in your faith. And God is testing you in your faithfulness. So as you look at your life, do you see that happening? Do you see God working to make you complete and mature? Are you growing strong in your faith? This is not only for us looking forward, but also look back. Do you see how God might have used some trials, some troubles to turn you, to transform you, to test you? What it requires is, is that we take a fresh look at our life. And maybe instead of fresh look, maybe it should be a faith look. Take a faith look at your life and see how God is getting you to grow in perseverance, to be strong in your faith that he's calling you to turn to him and to trust what he is doing. Like Peter in our reading earlier today said, it's for the refining of your faith. God is trying to rid you of the impurities, of the unfaithfulness, of that lack of trust, to build you strong so that nothing 
will move you from his salvation. God is working to make you complete and mature. Now that may sound kind of challenging. How do I get through that process? Could I fail? Will I fall out of God's goodness? No, we have assurance. Because first of all, we are saved by God's grace. Listen, as I share with you the words from Romans chapter 5, in which Paul connects perseverance and our salvation. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Paul is saying, here's how we stand with God. We're justified, which means he's declared us right with him. He hasn't spoken words of condemnation. No, just the opposite. He said, you're innocent. Now, how could that be? God's no dummy. God knows what I have done. I know what I've done. How can he say that I'm innocent? Because of Christ's perseverance in what he did to save us. The writer to the Hebrews explains that. He says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author or the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look at how Christ persevered for you. Look at how he endured through temptation, the same temptations that the devil uses on us, but he remained strong and faithful to God's word and did not sin so that there is a righteousness that God gives to us through faith a righteousness that allows us to stand before God holy and innocent. And look at what Christ then endured, the shame of the cross, being put to death by sinners whom he came to save, being put to death for sinners. He was not guilty of sin, but he took our sin upon himself, and God crushed him for our sin instead of us. Look how he endured and persevered through death breaking the chains of death so that the grave does not harm us or hold us, but it's God's way of giving us life. It's because of Christ's perseverance that you and I are saved by grace, and that's how we know we can persevere. In addition to being empowered by this grace, however, we need to be held up, we need to be sustained and God does that too. Listen how Paul goes on in Romans, talking about the perseverance in Christ that makes us stand strong. He says, not only so, but we also glory in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Grace empowers us, but it's hope in God's promises that sustains us. 
In the letter to the Hebrews, the writer pictures hope as an anchor for our soul, he says. Think of an anchor. How that helps the ship remain stable during the, the winds and waves of a storm. And yet that anchor is only good because it's resting on some kind of firm foundation. Our hope is an anchor and holds us secure as it rests on the firm foundation of God's promises. That's what sustains us through the storms, the winds, through the waves of life. It's the promises of God and our holding on to them. And the writer goes on to say, and you need endurance in order to do God's will and so receive what is promised. What has God promised us? An eternity of blessings with Him in heaven. Hold on to that promise with a hope that will sustain you through all the troubles and trials of life. And then finally know that you're going to be strengthened by God's love. As we experience troubles in life and go through the trials and face those temptations, sometimes we get confused. Sometimes there are doubts that come in, and, and sometimes maybe our faith becomes weak. We need to be strengthened, and we are by God's love. One day, as Jesus was warning his disciples that they would face difficult times, persecution because of what they believed and what they were doing, he gave them this final encouragement stand firm and you will win life. Stand firm on Him, and you will win life. James pictures it this way. He says, Brothers and sisters, an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance. You know, all the trials he went through where all his estate, all of his fortune, his business wiped out, his family killed, his own health taken away. You saw how he persevered with trust in God. And then it says, you've seen what the Lord finally brought about. Why was that? Look at that final sentence. This is the key right here. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. It's the Lord who strengthens us. He's full of compassion and mercy. So don't give up. Be strengthened by God's love. Growing up. When we grow up, we sometimes think of those ambitions, those goals we have for ourselves. And I'm not sure that it ever goes away, even when we think we're growing up, because we still have those dreams and ambitions. Maybe you're looking for a, a good retirement. Maybe you're looking to be on easy street. Maybe you're looking to have a great career. Maybe you're thinking, you know, I'm going to work hard so I can play hard. We all have our lists of ambitions and goals. But look at what Paul gives us as a list of goals. Man of God, flee from all of this, that is the love of the things in this world, and pursue instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. That's how we stand firm and win in the grace and love of God. So keep growing. Keep growing strong by growing in faith in God's Word, by going forward in God's will, and by glorying forever in the reward 
God will give you. Could we fall? Will we fail? Not as Paul encourages us. Have confidence in the Lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command. And may the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance for you. Perseverance. Don't quit before you get the blessing from God. Amen.